Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to the... Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. Uh, today I'm joined by Louise Archer from um, Retrained. Now, some of you might know Louise, she, she's quite active on LinkedIn uh, recently and some people might be thinking, why have you got someone on who talks about um, winning retained business in, in recruitment companies uh, when this is a marketing show? Now, we'll hopefully explain that um, throughout the episode. It's, um, it's quite a personal uh, passion of mine to push retained business from a marketing point of view. Um, but I'll let Louise uh, intro herself and her business. So welcome to the show, Louise. Thank you for having me, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and just for people who may not know, talk a little bit about your kind of your your career, your background, and, and where you are now with uh, with Retrained? Sure. I've been in um, recruitment for as long as I can remember, about 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> I, I stepped out of it for a while, fell out of love with it, and um, fortunately found my way back in. And uh, Retained Search has a lot to do with that. And um, I yeah moved from being a contingent recruiter, which is you know working on a no-win, no-fee basis, to working on a retained basis about eight years ago. And since then um i've worked for executive search firms and research firms and in the last three and a half years um i have focused purely on teaching contingent recruiters how to uh, transition to retain all in part um and teach businesses how to do the same thing yeah uh, uh, and i think before i before i started hitting the record button i was i was talking about uh kind of winning retained work from a marketing perspective because i i remember when i when I first started out in, in my career, um, 16, 17 years ago, one, one of my jobs in the marketing department, and it didn't happen very, very often at all, you know, maybe two or three times a year would be a, like a consultant would come to me and say, oh, we've got a chance to, to pitch retained work. Glenn, can you make this document look, look great? And things, you know, the classic, uh, can, you, can you jazz it up marketing thing? Uh, so I've always been aware of it, but in, in my head, it's, it's never made a huge amount of sense of why it wasn't more common <laughs> in the industry. I, I've never understood why companies didn't push more for, you know, effectively guaranteed cash rather than rather than going <laughs> in a, a some crazy race but but not like a pro, <laughs> not like a professional race you see in the olympics it's when you see like those crazy comedy race. races where you know like all football mascots run around and they're just all falling over and, and making mistakes and their heads are falling off and things like that so why you know from your point of view why are like consultants like so so scared for even to ask for retained work is it just because it's it's not the done thing and they don't know any better Oh, there's so many reasons, <laughs> partly because it's just because they do, they carry on doing what they've always done, which is, yeah. you know, what is human nature. And, and what they've taught, been told. Yeah. Well, they're taught how to do that. And then so they will just follow those rules and all the KPIs that drive businesses and um, all the, the targets that, that, that drive them is pointed towards operating in that way. Mm -hmm. And so it's very difficult to actually 
change it's very difficult to do something different in a in a model and in a business that is it's ingrained in the culture in the people in the processes in the marketing starving yeah. in everything from the beginning to end so i think that's one of the reasons the other reason is i think the the businesses that do do it and have been doing it you know legacy and traditional search firms like to keep their you know secrets close to their you know their chest and and do a bit of smoke and mirrors to make it look more complicated than it actually is and therefore um you know isn't shared and that best practice knowledge and um around process and around delivery process and sales process is not shared in the industry and hasn't been and um it means that there's a mystique and there's a bit of a an unknown and a fear around um selling something that they don't really know what it is Mm. I think lot, lots of those things. Sometimes you come across, I come across quite often consultants that have sold a retainer and basically just asked for money up front and got it and then thought, oh no, what do I do now? <laughs> I'm not really quite sure what to do with it and have just fluked the delivery or um, thought that, you know, it's just the same as a contingent process and all sorts of things can go wrong and they can get a bit burnt by it and then think, oh, I'm just going to put that away and not really do that again mm. and stick with what I was doing before. Yeah. So Is all it, those reasons, yeah. yeah. So is the, pro the, the process is fundamentally different. I think that that's potentially what you were saying there. That was, a, that's, that was a key point is that people win the retained business, get their 33% or whatever it is upfront fee. But then when they come to the actual recruitment of the role and everything, it's just exactly the same as if it was a contingent role in a lot of ways because then they're, and then they don't, they're not able to deliver on potentially what they promised because like you said they don't know anything else it's just the case of oh we've got the money up front um, but the the other process in terms of sourcing selection interviewing and everything else doesn't change a lot of times that's exactly what happens mm. yeah that's exactly what happens they they win the retainer or they get that money up front and then they don't back it up with the robust and the rigor pro, uh, rigorous processes that mm. they need to actually and and really that they need to be able to deliver it because um, you know the fundamentals of retained search is that there's some financial commitment from a client which allows you to put in place a rigorous and robust process and that's where the mystery is un uncovered because it doesn't matter what that rigorous and robust process is largely providing that you mitigate against all of the things that could go wrong mm -hmm. because what you've got to do is guarantee a result on a retained basis so as long as you look at it like that and, and simplify it that yes it's different but you just need to make sure you do whatever you need to do managing the client sharing information so you can manage expectations make sure you've got enough candidates to you know back, back up in case one pulls out make sure you've got enough data to be able to manage that you know and you do all of those things as low all those things go wrong in a contingent process and as long as you you tick off all those things that could go wrong you are free to design that process yourself really there's no kind of you know mystery um, behind it there is a best practice process that if you follow all of those things then you will provide a guaranteed result yeah. um, so yes it is different in that way but what it it doesn't mean to say that the, the contingent recruiter can't do it because they've got all the right skills and they've got all the tools at their disposal to be able to do it and once mm. they know how then happy days can can you be a retained recruiter and a contingent recruiter or do you have to go all yeah. in yeah no definitely definitely i think it's really nice to be able to say you know look for this type of position i'll do i do this and for this type of position i do this or in Offering this circumstance mm. in this circumstance i provide this service or i apply this solution and in this circumstance i apply this solution for you mr client because it's a 
you know, it's a niche position and it's a, an unusual location. I'm going to have to spend significant time and effort making sure that we get a result on this. I want to work with you on a retained basis. Yeah. And it can be as simple as that. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, when we talk about marketing and how it played a, you know, a part in in my early career when when we were pitching for retained work and it was um, in an accountancy recruitment firm back in the day, is that me from a marketing point of view little being a little bit kind of nosy and and getting involved in stuff is I I was always saying well what else can we offer we can't we can't just be saying you know we're going to find you the right person and we're only going to give you a short list it I, I was already at that point um looking at kind of like competitor analysis and insight mm. and and offering other things do from a marketing point of view other than basic collateral do people within recruitment businesses kind of have those tools to be able to to sell you know are there are, so many recruitment websites won't even mention the fact of retained yeah, work and, and so stuff true. like that even at a basic level um does there need to be a shift across the board in that sense, rather than just I an think individual it really consultant? Helps. Yeah. Yeah. Having been firsthand in that position where I was selling retained solutions in a, in a company that was externally simply offering um, a contingent service, it is a lot harder um, to, to sell it without the backup and the support of that same narrative running through um, you know, the external marketing. It's not impossible, but it's a lot harder. And, you know, so do consultants that are, uh, you know, that that want to work on it, that want to recommend retained, are they supported with the right tools and collateral? Largely not. Mm. Um, And that's why part of the program that we run is helping them build. um, And and I mean, you know, I said to you, Glenn, I am not a marketeer. I'm not a marketeer at all. And, I guess it's where um, that you know there's a, there's a de- there's a definite gap in what we do when we're teaching consultants and we're teaching teams um, that we can give them the basic tools to build collateral. But in terms of then um, uh, you know spreading that narrative across the organisation um, and externally in website and social media and. I don't know how to do that and I don't, I wouldn't know where to start teaching you know a business how to do that so. and I think I think that's a you know that's a great opportunity for any marketers listening if if there's a if there's a shift happening we'll come on uh, a little bit later talking mm. about kind of like productization of, of of some recruitment solutions is that you know marketing should try and get involved be involved in that conversation because the impact is you know it's it, it could be massive really yeah i think there's a there's a big part as well from i think from a marketing point of view is that we probably uh, well across the board we have the responsibility to to start educating uh businesses and clients mm. about retained because as much as um recruitment agencies have been stuck in the cycle yeah. predominantly of of contingent that is what clients then come to expect isn't it so they don't even no sometimes so i think getting that message out is important yeah we do have a responsibility to educate clients um and the reason that's difficult is because consultants don't know how to educate clients and their leaders don't know how to educate clients because they're all stuck in that cycle of you know that contingent chaos as (laughs) i often refer (laughs) that description of the race is brilliant um and i in fact i'm trying to think of a way of like depicting that visually and I always think of it as like maybe 
animals scrapping over something yeah. and then just something else that's rising anyway um yeah and i i would love to see like that the clarity um of the explanation of what actually retained search is to a client really clear in in a marketing message mm. that would really reinforce what we're doing when we're actually talking to them one-on-one -on -one and giving and educating them on the flaws that the contingent process um has and, and and the problems that we face trying to deliver a service on that basis mm -hmm. and therefore how much easier it is to deliver a service how much better the service is how much better the journey is for the, for the client the candidate and for us yeah to be to, to have that reinforced somehow in marketing would, would be awesome it would yeah. be amazing and i think that, that that is the role marketers like i said that they, they they need to play they need to uh, you know, I, I bang on a lot about bridging the bridging the gap between sales and marketing, and and marketing not to just be sitting in the corner, Pro probably like I did earlier in my career, and you know, got got sent got sent something, put it into a, a branded template, you know, adjusted the fee structure maybe now and again, but didn't really um, didn't really get involved in the conversation about creating that uh, that clarity so that ultimately when when it comes to the point of of you getting questions from clients or they're pushing back is is a consultant doesn't have to spend you know half the mm. you know half the the conversation actually explaining it all out it's already there they can actually start talking about the the deliverables what you're going to achieve uh, by, yeah. by working them and effectively what's what somebody's paying for that, that, that you know it's, it's like anything it's, you know you go down to a product it's it's quite hard with a service i understand that but if you're asking for money up front someone's gonna have an expectation of a certain amount of delivery uh, mm. that's different from them paying their yeah. 15 percent uh, upon someone starting isn't it um, yeah, yeah, and and, be, and I think marketing marketing plays a, a huge role in in that um, in, in that sense. Um, going on, I mentioned um, kind of productization and things like that. Is retained business now is like winning retained business? Uh, do you have to um, offer more now than just finding the you know the right candidate or the right groups of candidate where where we're seeing a trend? Or I certainly am where you're you're mm. winning retained business or you're offering retained business but it includes you know a raft of different solutions whether it's um kind of employer branding or email marketing it might mm. be research-based stuff around you know market trends i know people are using um lots of insights off of linkedin and other platforms for stuff is 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 it more now than just finding executive executive search if you like just finding a person yeah i think i think it is um but then at the same time i think what the mistake that some um people make is to use those things as a reason that the client should buy it hmm. and i think it's important to make um you know that dif difference bit you know the difference between the two fundamentally the service is that combination of tools technique techniques and processes which so, at some points are marketing and it really does reinforce it like helping a business with their evp you know quite rightly mentioned there or building a microsite that's actually going to help with the attraction of candidates or a candidate you know journey briefing journey which involves a video from the ceo or um and and actually helping the clients become more attractive or whether it's you know one of the tip marketing teams i worked with did this fantastic talent map um software where 
you could click on the world and see all the competitors of that client and click into that and look at all the wow. talent in there and actually click on the individuals and there were their CVs. And it was just a fancy, you know, image basically, yeah. an interactive image. But those kind of things really help to demonstrate our capability and where we've been and they help reinforce the, the process that we're following but they don't they shouldn't be a reason like the video technology and stuff that they're using at the moment sometimes people are using as a reason for a client to buy it they're not going to pay for a, a retained search just because you're using a certain tool or a certain technique mm. but i think the marketing as aspect can really help it can help us sell it it can help us deliver it and any help in sales that we get is just joyful really because yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is such it, it can be hard work educating clients the lonely marketer is sponsored by our friends at pager marketers use pager to get 90 percent of those pesky consultants to share relevant content to their target audiences combine this with automated and fully branded job adverts pager drives traffic directly back to your website which is then 60 percent more likely to convert not badder head over to pager.co that's p-a-i-g-e-r.co to find out more let's get back to the show on, on retained business as well, just um, deviating slightly, yeah. it can work at any level, yes? Any positions, yeah. you know, whether right. it's, uh, because I think there's probably a mis, um, tell me if I'm wrong, there's a misconception that retained search is only for your, you know, 80, 90,000, 100,000 pounds upwards, but you, yeah, correct. You, can do you can do retained recruitment for entry level roles? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Last year I did uh, four telesales positions, 25k each. Um, I just wouldn't work on a contingent basis ever again. It doesn't matter whether you want a, you know, a secretary. Yeah, you'd you'd have some problems with your own marketing if you started doing contingent <laughs> yeah, work, I think. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you'd have but a reverse is, problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I do, I do teach that there are instances where I don't think working on a retained basis is, is, is right or is, mm -hmm. is appropriate. And that is when it's, you know, it's dead easy to fill and just a warm body will do. Then it's unlikely that, you know, you're going to get investment from a client to commission you to carry that search out. But, and if it's impossible to fill, then I wouldn't suggest that you recommend that you take it on. And if you don't want to commit to it, then don't do that either. But pretty much everything else, if somebody wants a piece of work doing, then you might as well do it properly. Take the full brief on the client, understand exactly what you're looking for, set all the parameters out for the, you know, the, the job that you're going to do. Go away and do a really thorough job. Keep your, your client informed and, and work as a partner with them and share your workings and show them where you've been. And do whatever it takes in terms of assessment or interviewing or headhunting or attracting candidates and engaging them and making sure that you you get enough candidates through to a shortlist stage to give the client the reassurance that they're, they're choosing from the best available to make sure that and make sure you work with them until you make a hire it doesn't matter what level that happens at it can no. be for anything it's the same process so it's a long answer but it can be for anything yeah and you know like say a, a higher whatever position whether it's you know whether it's a new uh, global md or if it's sometimes a, a receptionist and no, no disrespect to any receptionist at yeah. a point at a point in time for a business that is their most important hire yeah. because it is because they've got a problem more often than not, yeah. and, not and, and they need to solve that problem <laughs> and yes. why wouldn't you yeah. pay to solve a problem that's what it's what you do isn't it that's exactly right and that's what i say all the time you know um all professional services are just solutions to problems that clients have and that's exactly what retained search is it's it's a, it's a solution and whatever that solution is 
is that process that you know you need to apply so mm. when, when i think about the marketing for retain search i often envisage you know because at the moment one of the biggest problems that we've got in the market is that it's so noisy it's so crowded there's mm. so many candidates available i just had a story this morning of um, a client that put an advert out and got over a thousand responses now that is the reverse of the problem that we've got or we did have and we have had in some markets where there are no candidates and there aren't enough candidates but it's just as much of an opportunity to yeah. make life easier for the client. So sometimes I think, you know, are you fed? And I get, but the other thing is not only they're getting bombarded by candidates, but they're getting bombarded by recruiters as well. Mm. So the clients are having problems in all areas, whether it's not enough candidates, not enough talent, not enough quality, not enough volume. Um, and if we speak in the marketing to that problem, you know, saying, are you getting bombarded with recruiters? Are you fed up with agencies calling you all the time you come especially coming from a recruitment company i think yeah. stuff like that is is really nice when i see marketing like that yeah i don't want to uh mention the the c word but i but i will do you, do you think the the past um you know the past seven months or so during during the pandemic has uh has made retained uh business more attractive to clients and or recruitment agencies mm. or or not is it still a, yeah uh, no i really do yeah. i do because i think everybody there's been a lot of change the landscape's changed so much for the companies and through no fault of the clients and no fault of the recruiters there's been positions that projects that, that have been pulled parameters that have been changed and it's been really difficult for the consultants to be able to justify spending time on stuff because they just don't know what's going to happen so and they want the cert they want a level of certainty they, well, they want a level of certainty and more importantly, the businesses don't have that revenue stream to rely on. It's been falling away. You know, they're, they're consulting and spending a lot of time on stuff that hasn't resulted in a fee and the, the, the security of the tame work, you know, alleviates that problem. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a that's a brilliant point. And I think uh, going back to what you were saying about the noisiness as well. And I think there's there's been this this shift, like I say, to packaging everything up and everything solutions driven at the moment when you unpackage that a lot of the time for, for a lot of businesses that i see it is it's a lot of contingent stuff just packaged up as a single solution rather than uh, retained retained stuff isn't it i think yeah and i think it's difficult to understand as well yeah. when i see some some of the way that services uh, you know are, are divided or explained or articulated on websites and in collateral you know i'm looking at it thinking right so what does that mean a lot of it seems to be speed i i, I notice on it's like if you need on demand talent right kind of right now you know we'll get cvs within four, 48 hours or you have your standard standard one which is just contingent recruitment and then maybe you have a kind of an exclusive where you get you know a dedicated team and doing this but yeah. you know that's a, that's a lot of there's a lot of marketing departments who have been who have been working on that and, and packaging it which is fine but yeah. you've got a you know if you're making uh, going back for a marketing responsibility and in a in a team if you're making promises and you're positioning you know positioning the business and the brand that you'll work for in a certain way you need to be confident that it's going to be delivered in that way. There's, you know, there's nothing worse yeah. that I'm sure, you know, you see it day in, day out in kind of in over, over promising and under delivering, mm. especially if you're, 
if you're asking for you know a few thousand pounds up front in that sense yeah, as well absolutely you know that's like the fundamental of, of retain of working on a retained basis any project whether it's a single yeah. you know receptionist or whether it's 200 developers and it's you know millions of pounds or hundreds of thousands of pounds so um it is all about the delivery and as a salesperson we feel the front end of that you know uh, of, of you, you've got to whatever's behind you in terms of delivery capability has got to be able to follow through with what you're promising the client um and i guess why you know in some ways the 360 model is so common in recruitment because you're then responsible for that yeah. <laughs> yourself um, yeah by definition yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and, and, and yeah i don't think there's there's no need to be now is there like being able to you know greater than kind of some of your parts and bringing different uh technologies and, and different expertise whether mm. it is from from marketing and from from sales or you know from even even people like yourself externally bringing all of that together to achieve an end goal usually ends up kind of getting better better results doesn't yeah. it Ryan trying to do everything on on that note for um you know I'm I'd like to think that I'm quite a commercial marketer and a lot of the the businesses that I work with and the marketers uh, that that I work with is 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 shifting them sometimes from a, like a, a brand-led approach which more often than not marketers uh, are very good at to a more commercial approach and getting involved in sales and 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 winning and helping to to win business but you know whether it's retained mm. contingent or whatever else it, from your point of view if you had to give kind of like some advice to to marketers to um if they wanted to get more involved in in winning mm. retained business and being involved in that conversation what would your advice be for them to kind of be able to approach that subject I mean, the biggest advice that I can I can give marketers is to is to is to get involved. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just to actually is. get involved. Put your head above the parapet um, a bit. Yeah, and actually, you know, muscle in on discussions and um, you see if you can listen to recordings of calls. You know, where salespeople are pitching it and clients are responding to it and. Um, you know, listen to this, get in the sales meetings where they're talking about why we, why we lost and why we won. Find um, out what emails were sent, find out what emails were sent and look yeah, at the, look at the language. What, if, if we've got a win, track it back. What, what happened? How was that done? Where did it come from? What problem did we solve there? How did we solve it? And how can we replicate that, you know, that journey? Yeah. And equally, if we've got a loss, what, why, why did we lose out on what happened there? I really loss. unpick, you know, that, that that journey for the for the client and what's yeah. working and what isn't isn't working i think that's great advice that working backwards and, and marketers should be doing that you know for for everything whether it's their own led campaigns but equally for for winning business is yeah getting involved in the conversations is is key you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of talk at the moment um online and generally within marketing and, and i have it in discussions around um account account based marketing so where you know we are identifying key clients and then creating a, an account team that delivers for them and and stuff like that would, would work very well mm. i think you did that in the past isn't it in a, in a previous life you you were kind of account you're an account manager weren't you in that sense yeah we used to be um we were really good there's a couple of firms that i've worked with that have been really good at account development so i've learned some fantastic techniques and um 
uh, ways of, of of business. It's just business. It's just business development, but it's business development with an exist with an existing client, and you've you've got a real strong reason to open up dialogue with with new stakeholders. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it, like I say, it's just the same. The, the messages should be the same. We should be tracking back wins. You know, we should be making connections and and getting involved with what what what's happening that's good that we can a work out how did it happen and b talk about you know to the next person. Yeah, it's it's, a fun, it's fundamental marketing even even in that sense, isn't it? It's um you know it's segmentation and targeting who you want to be and then making sure that you've got yeah. the the process in place and you know the process can be different for 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 one business or one solution that you're offering or one service line, but make sure there is a process. I think is the, is the key yeah. because I don't think it, uh, I don't think they exist a, a huge amount. Um, I, I, I've loved this episode. I, I, I'm a geek when it comes to, uh, to the commercial side of things. And I think um, for, for the marketers who do listen to this, it, you know, what Louise said is just get involved in the conversation is, is absolutely key. Uh, and, do you know what now uh you know in the in the in the world that we live in now is people are happy to have more conversations i'm sure you know if you're mm. picking up the phone to uh to one of your your consultants or or companies you know thinking to to make a shift um to to try and win uh, more retained business um obviously their first port of call should be to to call you louise mm. but uh, <laughs> but but it you know if not um then you know see see how you can help from a marketing point of view so thank you very much for that i always end my show with the quick fire questions at the end so what is your favorite bit of tech asana hands oh, down excellent yeah so uh, I've, I've i've always dabbled with with various um project management tools and i've never managed to stick stick with one um, oh really yeah asana monday uh, Trello, uh, yeah, everything. What's it? Does it just control your day? Does it on your weeks? It just does everything. Well, not everything because nothing does everything, does it? But um, it it keeps us all as a team. It keeps us all on track, and um, we we use it really well for managing all the current clients and all the new stuff we've got to do and all the marketing stuff. It works really well with the marketing stuff. Excellent. Uh, what about your favourite brand? It's going to sound a bit vanilla if I answer that question, but it's John Lewis. Uh, do you know what? It, it, it's that might be the first time it's been asked in what in sixty five, sixty six episodes, <laughs> whatever this is. Uh, the vanilla ones are usually innocent and, and stuff. But oh, uh, no. you know, what, what, what is it about? Uh, what is it about John Lewis? I think I'm a big believer in you know doing what you say you're going to do and being you know what it what it says on the tin. And, yeah. and that's John Lewis for me. You know, it's it's high, it's it's good, it's high quality, and you know exactly, you know, you're going to get good quality every single time. And you know, if there's anything wrong, they'll fix it. And they take, they they do all the hard work for you. And that's what I like. That's yeah. what I like about them. We must be due their um, must be due their Christmas advert soon. What we're in October. Yeah. I mean, they've got definitely got one circulating. It comes up in my Facebook feed. That's quite uh, nice. I don't really? think it's a Christmas one. Though. I think it might just be a generic one. They're obviously quite good, aren't they? Usually. Yeah, I think uh, I, I can imagine it will probably be uh, knowing them. They're, they're usually quite emotional, but probably even yeah. more so this year with with everything that's gone on. Or they might they might downplay it um, rather than spend millions of pounds on it like they like they Maybe. usually do. Uh, favorite sound? 
my kids my kids uh, laughing is my favorite sound i was gonna say yeah it had to be laughing because yeah uh, as, as we as we both know um there's plenty of horrible sounds there's lots of other noises not them but listen to them laugh especially when they're together because emily's 13 and harry's nine they don't yeah. often play together anymore but when they do and i hear them laughing i just think oh i love that that's, that's my favorite thing. and um if you weren't um if you weren't helping people shift to uh <laughs> retained models or in the recruitment world and you know money money wasn't an object things that I did. yeah and money yeah. and money wasn't uh, an object what what job would you what job would you do if you had to do it for kind of the rest of your life well you get you kind of gave me the heads up on the on this and I've been thinking about it, it didn't take me very long though I would be a horseback tour guide and i can even say specifically where in the vineyards in south africa i would do uh, guided vineyard horseback tours in south africa that, that is probably the most specific <laughs> we've, we've ever had on that but that it, it sounds idyllic especially at the yeah. moment where you know leaving the house um does, <laughs> is, seems a, seems a long shot let alone uh, let alone going down to to south africa it's very very good would you be um would you be picking the grapes to make sure you've got the wine at the end of the day as well i'm sure well i actually stopped drinking a few months ago and i'm not oh, sure well whether done. i'll take it up again but so i'm not sure whether i'd be interested in the wine itself it's just a nice thing to do and other people are enjoying it and having a nice day and i can just ride all day so yeah. that's why do, do you do you ride a horse as it's, can you ride at the moment I can. Oh, I don't okay. know. No, no. Not really. Kids, you know, husband yeah. and a lot so of work. It is an expensive hobby as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's time. It's commitment and time. I just, yeah. um, you know, wouldn't be able to do it justice at the moment. And yeah. a lot, quite a lot of people fall when you get older and, and have like life-changing accidents. I'm a little bit more nervous of that than I used to be. Yeah. The, every every, every year older you get, I think you uh, you you, uh, you become a little bit more aware of your own um, your own mortality. So I'd be ten you? years younger, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Ten or years younger. <laughs> Look, you know, this is a hypothetical situation. You can do what you want. Um, I'm not sure how sweary you are. What is your favourite swear word? I'm very sweary. Okay. I've been told off for being too sweary, actually. Um, I swear in my programme and someone said the other day, if you're going to sell this to big corporates, which we do, um, you might want to take the swearing out. But not you, isn't they, it? No, they exactly. like it. You know, yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, my favourite swear word is box. That's my favourite swear word because That's, so yeah, much of... So much of complicated, you know, stuff is dressed up, and the easiest way of explaining it is is that word. Yeah, and I think um, it, it's not too aggressive or offensive. It, when you kind of just say it, is a it's a it's a release. Everyone everyone knows exactly exactly the yeah, reason yeah. why you've said it. Yeah, cool. Thank you, uh, thank you so much um, for <laughs> for joining me, uh, Louise. Um, nice Louise to Archer meet you, on LinkedIn. Go and find her. Go connect with her if if you're not already. And and of course within within your business, if if you've heard discussions or if you're listening and and you know that this is um, a shift that potentially your your company wants to take in terms of looking at winning more uh, retained business, then uh, please do uh, get in touch with Louise. Um, sign up for the newsletter. Review, rate, share with all your your friends, family, and all your peers. And I'll speak to you all very soon.